Welcome into the Gigam 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by a very special guest, our uh, baseball aficionado, Sam Smith, who um, has been on the road a little bit, but um, has, has certainly been keeping close tabs on the Aggies as they now get ready to head to Stanford for the Stanford Regional on Friday night. It'll be a late one. Uh, first pitch is set for 9 p.m. Central on Friday night, so... Um, get your your coffee, your tea, or whatever you need to to kind of stay up for that one. Sam, thanks for joining us. Oh, Andrew, it's great to be with you. I look forward to having this discussion. This is the best time of the year for me, as you know. Absolutely. We were just talking before about, you know, probably the best time um, A&M baseball fans have had watching this year was, was this past week at the SEC tournament. Um, you know, Carter and I were kind of debating how long when we were going to do the podcast, because we, we kind of took the attitude, okay, well, that first day against Tennessee was single elimination, and then from there, who knows how long they were going to play. Uh, and they end up getting all the way to Sunday and playing Vanderbilt in the ch- championship game. Didn't end up going their way. Um, roughly a couple of late innings, but otherwise a, a tremendously successful week. What did you kind of take away from that week? Well, I think the first thing you probably have to look at is really that final series against Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Those last four outs that Aggies got uh, to take that series really kind of gave them a moment. And they really rode all the way to Hoover. And when you consider the fact that they never went home, they just went to Mississippi State, played that series, and kept on going, came on up to Hoover. Now have played, what, nine games? I mean, it's just absolutely but that momentum of getting those last four outs, securing the series, uh, you know, they came in that series knowing they had to win it. And what a uh, what a way to go in and do that! And I think he gave them the command, and they were they were ready to blaze up to Tennessee. You know, looking at, I think the big story of the week was obviously the pitching staff, and Troy Watson kind of got everything started on that. That first day with eight innings against Tennessee, um, two one-hit performances against, you know, some some pretty good offensive hitting teams. And, uh, you know, when you look at what he was able to do, Justin Lampkin, um, you know, Will Johnson gave him a good good outing as well. How much of that is, do you feel like they can take over to the Stanford Regional? And obviously, if they pitch that way, they'll have a great chance to to advance, but how much do you think they can take away from, from what they did in the SEC tournament? Well, I think it's important that we take a little bit of a step back here a little bit. I, I know that there have been a lot of Aggie fans that have been quite disenchanted. They were really disappointed to see this team that had finished in the semifinals mm. in, in Omaha last year and kind of came out and kind of have been laying it and just really weren't there. You know, there were signs that you know, good things would happen and then they would you know, have another fallback and so forth. That I think is really important for baseball, especially college baseball, is to understand the, the, all the work that is going on behind the scenes. I mean, what Matt Yetsky and Jim Schlossagel and Michael Early and you know, the entire staff have done is pretty amazing because it could have been very easy for these guys to kind of throw in the towel. And I, when I say that, I'm not just talking about the, the, the coaches, I'm talking about the kids themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had a lot of pitchers and a tremendous amount of talent. I mean, on the paper, and the Aggies were loaded coming into this year, but you still have to do it. And you've got a lot of pieces that uh, you were trying to work in, especially in the pitching staff, that uh, 
really, uh, you know, Cal's great, but uh, facing SEC ball and, and this level of college baseball is, is very different than some had ever experienced, whether it was from high school or transferring in from somewhere else. And so, you know, you look at what, you know, happened this last week, and, and Hoover was a combination of a tremendous amount of work behind the scenes from everybody, uh, but especially someone like a Wansing. I mean, you know, I just, the guy came out, and basically, I think he got a lot of confidence in Mississippi State, and he just kept writing that. And, and what you're seeing from our pitchers right now is that they're finally confident in what they're doing. You know, they're not coming out trying to figure out what not to throw to try not to let a big inning happen. They're coming out, they're taking on the players, they're trusting their stuff, and they're getting the job done. And that's exactly what we saw in Hoover. And you saw it from multiple members of the staff, not only the starters, but also the guys who came in. And, you know, you play that many games for your time. I mean, this was a little bit by committee. And to the credit of most of the staff, I would say that we saw some of the best outings from a variety of pitchers across the board. I mean, take Will Johnson. I mean, Will Johnson has had, in fact, in my preview this year, you know, I talked about he was competing for a rotation spot, you know, mm-hmm. coming out of spring ball. And, you know, he started out kind of as the closer, uh, kind of doing his thing. But, I mean, he's become a starter, and he's got plenty of something. His stuff is as good as anybody's when he's on and when he trusts it and gets out there and gets it done. But your mindset as a starter is so different than being a closer. You're not coming out trying to get three outs and leave the game. You're actually coming in and trying to go six innings. Plus, to give your team and your bullpen a rest to be able to uh, get to where you need to go. And so you're starting to see that from the Lampkins. You're starting to see that from, you know, Wansing. But you're also seeing, you know, Shane Sadeo. Shane Sadeo is an exceptional pitcher now coming out of the bullpen. And, you know, this has been a work in progress. And so... Now, getting back to your question, you know, what, what are we looking at as we head to Stanford? Well, I can tell you right now, uh, if anybody has followed Stanford baseball this year, Stanford is absolutely loaded in reputation. They've got a couple of guys that got the Pac-12 Pitcher of the Year. They've got guys that can truly pitch and pitch very well. But they have historically this year had similar issues to A&M in that sometimes they didn't show up. And in the Pac-12 tournament, they didn't show up. In fact, Oregon uh, swept them this year. They won their series, uh, and then they also lost the uh, lost the game in the, the Pac-12 conference as well. And so when you start seeing that kind of stuff, you know, it really comes down, this is going to be a pitching matchup. I mean, people know about West Coast baseball, and if you don't know about West Coast baseball, they're known for manufacturing runs. You'll see small ball, you'll see a lot of pressure trying to be put on your defense and so forth to try to manufacture runs. But if there's one team on the West Coast that is built like an SEC team, it's Stanford. And so Stanford's going to have the pitching. They've got an offense that is, is impressive, but it is nothing any, more, any better than what you'll see from Texas A&M. And I think that the Aggie pitching staff has, over the last couple of weeks, developed a, a confidence level that I think they can go toe-to-toe with Stanford's pitching staff. Now, I think it's important that we don't just talk about Stanford. We also got Cal State Fortune. Cal State Fortune. I was about to ask you about that. That's the first task, right? Yeah, that's the first task. But I will tell you, Cal State Fortune's a, a solid ball club. In fact, you know, they came into Austin and won two or three for the Longhorns earlier. And uh, they, they certainly have the ability. I mean, Cal State Fortune has a great history in college baseball. 
They've won national championships. They've done a lot of stuff. In fact, obviously, uh, they have a, a big history of, of doing great things. So do not sell them short in any way whatsoever. They are uh, a solid team who will be some very good programs throughout the year. And so this regional is is very well designed. In fact, I would give credit, and I never want to do this, but I'll give credit to the NCAA committee. I think that uh, all 16 regional sides were very fairly weighted this time. Uh, there's certainly some arguments. You can always argue why this team got in and this team shouldn't have got in. But all in all, I think what you're going to find is that they're, they're, they're very well weighted. So I would say that you know all four teams in this regional could easily win this regional. Uh, I do think that A&M and Stanford are, are the two better teams there on paper, but Cal State Fullerton and San Diego State can certainly uh, certainly come in and shock some people. They've shocked people already this year. So it's going to be a really interesting uh, interesting setup there for the Aggies. I would also point out that uh, you know, this road to Omaha is not going to be easy regardless of what happens. You know, if A&M were somehow to, to get through this, yeah, the next regional that we play in is obviously the winner of the Miami Obviously, the Horns ended up in the second seed over there. The interesting thing about Miami is Miami, for many years, had this great reputation of being this elite college baseball program, and they kind of fell off, and they kind of underperformed. Well, there's not a better-looking program to underperform than Texas was this year. They underperformed as well. And so you've got two teams in, the, in, that, in that region – that we're just not sure is going to show up. On paper, Miami dominates that region and comes out of there. But it's very possible Texas, with its history and its reputation of playing very solid postseason baseball, could easily go in and sweep that series and win that thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, what do you have? You've got AM coming out of Stanford and you've got, you know, the Horns coming out of there. And then what happens? Well, the good news is, I believe that we can the whole team because we're coming out of the eighth seed and near the ninth seed. So uh, I believe that we would hit not so. I mean, who would have thought all these projections in the last month or so, everybody likes to pair A&M and Texans playing against each other. They had us as a three seed playing in the Texas region or in the Austin region, what, three weeks ago. And now look at it. Texas is a two seed, A&M is a two seed. Who knows what happened? But I say all of that, regardless of what happens there, most likely the winner of Super is going to end up playing number one like Forest in Omaha, and that's a, that's a heck of a start, too. So th- this road is, is certainly a challenge. Is it a challenge that a can handle? Yes, they can, but it's uh, it's definitely a, it's going to be a very challenging uh, No doubt. I'm, there's, a, there's, there's a question I want to get, I want to pose to you right after um, we take a quick break. You mentioned Omaha, and um, it's something that I mentioned on, uh, on a previous podcast. I want to I want to get your thoughts on. So we're going to we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back to kind of look more at that that regional. You mentioned the the Cal State Fullerton matchup, and 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 stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Gigum Twenty Four Seven Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by. Sam Smith, our baseball aficionado. Sam, um, I brought this up to Carter um, earlier this month, kind of looking at that. This we were talking about the early portion of the the SEC tournament, obviously, but you know, the, the, it's not like A and M didn't enter enter last season's postseason without questions as well when it came to the pitching staff. Especially, they had 
you know, the bats kind of clicking at the right time and we're able to make that run to, to Omaha. Do you see any similarities between the way they were kind of able to, you know, put together a pitching staff last year and you get just enough and this, and this year's team? Have, is this year's team kind of capable of doing the same sort of thing, do you think? Or? Well, I think they're certainly capable. I would say that, uh, you know, what I'm seeing is Nate Yetsky continuing to work his magic and Jim Schossnagel doing, you know, what he does, which is be an exceptional postseason manager. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does a great job of putting the right guys in the right place, making the right decisions. And you know, he's going to make a decision or two that's not going to be the right decision. It's just that's the way baseball goes. But the fact that they have got these guys, you know, basically beat up, bruised, and battered through the season. I mean, hey, A&M won six out of ten SEC right. series. Let's not forget that. I mean, it's amazing what they – were able to accomplish, and really everybody was sitting there and talking about how bad they looked. Uh, so I think this is a team that has been so short in a lot of ways. I think that they've earned that reputation as well, so I mean, I can't say that they haven't, but when you look at the pitching staff that we have going into the season or in the postseason, just like we did in 2022, there are certainly question marks, but we actually had a couple of guys that we felt like we could really lean on last year. And this year, I would say those guys have just kind of started to show themselves. And when I say that, I know it's the Wensing, it's the Lampkins of the world. The one glaring omission right now that really concerns me greatly is Nathan Detmer. And uh, I'm a big Detmer guy. I think he's a great kid, and I think he works really hard. I don't think there's anybody on the planet that doesn't want to do well more than he does. At the same time, he just has not been able to kick it in a year. I mean, we need the Nathan Dutton to set up against Notre Dame and Omaha to yeah. show up in Stanford, and we need him there. Now, that all being said, setting aside Dutton for a second, I, I would say the rest of this team is really starting to gel just like they did last year. Now, we don't have the Pragers of the world, and we certainly don't have a lot of the uh, – you know, senior level type of leadership that we had last year, which, you know, do not discount that because I think that, you know, you, you had a, a once in a generation kind of catcher that came in just as a transfer student that really led our team last year that was a great leader, had been there and done that and all that. But he also has trained a lot of guys that are still on this team that have been there and done that now too. And so mm-hmm. it's going to be up to our senior leadership to really step up and really, uh, you know, kind of help these young guys. I mean, you look at these young guys that we have. First of all, they're no longer freshmen. They've been through an entire season now. They've won six out of ten SEC series. A guy like Jace Lavalette has done exactly what we expected him to do, but he also did exactly as expected too, and that is struggle early on as a freshman. But when you look at what he did in SEC play, I mean, the guy is going to put fear into SEC baseball teams for the next two years while he's still at A&M. But in the meantime, can he do that in the postseason now? And they really need to step up. I think that teams are pitching around him. They're certainly working against him a little bit. There's a lot of film on him now, so they know how to kind of pitch around him and, and it's a little bit there towards the end of the SEC tournament. But uh, we need Jace to kind of step it up. And, and you've got other guys. I mean, i, I got to tell you, I, you know, I was wrong about Max Offer at the beginning of the year, didn't I? take over and sure enough he kind of comes in towards the end of the year and it's taken over and that kid is exceptional and I don't think people really fully understand what he has done as a freshman in fact he still should be a senior in high school 
mm-hmm. should be playing on his high school team right now. But instead, he is leading a, a team that went on a hot streak, basically finished second in the SEC tournament, and is now heading to the Stanford Regional. He's doing this all as a freshman. Now, his bat, he may be batting in the 220s, but when you look at his performance, even at the plate, I mean, he works pitchers. And he works them hard. And, and I would say that is a key thing that I would highlight to everybody. There are a lot of people that complain about it, the Aggies, and how their games took longer than others because they were so methodical at the point. Well, you know what? And here it is working again. The Aggies are going to work your pitchers. I will tell you that that's exactly what we need to do in Stanford. We need to work these guys and put that pitch count up a little higher. Because if we get them out of the game, I think our offense is going to do something pretty pretty special. Uh, all of a sudden, your Aggies can take control. And so, all in all, when you start looking and putting it all together, yes, this team certainly has some uh, resemblance to 2022 because there's still a lot of the same guys there. But it's guys that have uh, kind of not lived up to expectations early in the year. I think they got a chip on their shoulders. They kept working hard, fighting hard in the cage working hard on the mound and so forth. And to see it all kind of culminate together is just a, another outstanding coaching job by this coaching staff. And, and, and full credit goes to the kids for never giving up and understanding who they were and trusting in each other and making the same happen. Dad, looking at the, ahead to that, um, you mentioned Max Goffer for a second. And, I mean, Jim, I mean, Jim Schlossnagel brought up a great point that <laughs> – He's a guy that needs rest as, as bad as anybody, given that he had to catch every single day of the SEC tournament, obviously playing nine out of 11 days. I mean, he's a guy that, that frankly just needs some rest after that. I mean, he's he's behind the behind, been behind the plate for that entire run, and um, these couple of days will we'll do him well to, to have a little bit of a rest. Uh, looking ahead to this weekend, and I think your point about Nathan Detmer was what I, what I was going to kind of get to you know, next is, you know, Schloss talked about how, you know, staying in the winner's bracket was so pivotal for this team and to be able to, you know, just in terms of being able to set up their pitching staff and go from there, that starts with beating Cal State Fullerton, obviously, before you can worry about taking on Stanford. How how would you line up the pitching or how would you kind of go about, you know, Putting guys in, would you start Nathan Detmer on Friday? Would you kind of save Wansing for Saturday, or how would you how would you kind of go about it? Well, obviously, it's all about feel, and I think at the end of the day, I can tell you right now, uh, as we talk on a Tuesday afternoon before the regional, mm-hmm. I don't think they can tell you today exactly what they want to do. They're still kind of taking a look, seeing how the guys are recovering. Uh, what Wansing did coming back in and providing some relief in the last two games yep. after pitching a gym, um, you know, how's he recovering and so forth. I think that they're all going to be fully ready to go. Uh, my initial thought on that, just, just just in my opinion, is I'd probably go with Detmer early against against uh, Cal State Fullerton and you know, try to you know, save Wansing for your, your badge against Stanford because he is our hot hand ready to go. Uh, you know, obviously, you can also go with Lansing, start him, and have Lampkin as your hot hand. But you know, putting a freshman uh, in a uh, position like that early on, I'm not sure that's just something that Schloss would want to do, especially when you have a veteran like a Denver, you know, sitting there in hand. So that, that's what I would do. I'd probably go Denver and Lansing and then have uh, Lampkin ready to go. But don't don't discount the idea of holding Lampkin back and going with Will Johnston, and depending on how – how 
games go. If you won, if you win that game against the Stanford, for instance, this is obviously all speculation because we have no idea what's going to happen. Right. But if you were to happen to win game one against Stanford, uh, then you've got a day off, and then you can come back and you can come back with Lampkin and probably be ready to roll, and then have Johnson and to go and play two games. Uh, so that is certainly important. You want to win games. You want to stay in the winner's bracket for as long as you can hopefully get through it without losing the game. But at the same time, I think we have the pitching. I think we have guys. I mean, there are some really impressive arms that have started to get some confidence coming out. I do think, you know, I, I'm a, a huge Chris Cortez fan since he came. Uh, and I don't really know what happened to Chris. He lost his, he lost a lot of confidence. And uh, I, I'm sure being demoted out of the rotation was hard on him because there were such high expectations. But I think I just saw the best Chris Cortez of the year. And so that is a great thing for us because we need some of these right-handed guys to start to step up the play. Because, I mean, we're, we're certainly uh, – we've certainly got a lot of great right-handed arms. Uh, Garcia has done a nice job as well. And I mentioned today earlier. I mean, we've got guys that are really good. I mean, Sloss likes to have all that in his disposal, as does Jeske. And I think that they built it, built it well. So I would probably say right now, just based off of what I know, uh, if everybody's fully healthy, you probably go Denver game one and have one thing for game two, hopefully against Stanford, and then uh, go from there. No doubt. No doubt. It's going to be fascinating to kind of see. Like you said, I mean, they're they're going to have some intra-squad scrimmage games and, and you know, figure out the back half of the roster too. And um, But certainly heading into the NCAA tournament the way you want to. Sam, thanks again for joining us, and, and safe travels the rest of the way. Um, no, you've been on the road quite a bit, and thanks again for joining us. Well, I appreciate the time, Andrew. This is the best time of the year, and I hope uh, we have a lot of good things to talk about over the next few weeks. No doubt, we might be doing this again at some point if if um, if AM can get past and and um, we can begin discussing a, a super regional if they can get there. So, thanks again for doing this, and we'll, and we'll see you guys soon. And again, like Sam said, enjoy this weekend. It's the best time of the year, and. Should be a lot of great baseball. Take care, everybody.